This is episode number 50 with Karan Jane of the Founder Podcast. Discover exactly what it takes to become a successful entrepreneur and what's possible through entrepreneurship from the greatest minds in business today. Welcome to the Founder Podcast. Here's your host, Nathan Chan. Hello, everyone around the world. My name is Nathan Chan, and I am your host coming to you live from Melbourne, Australia. I'm really, really pumped about this episode. You know, <laughs> I always sound really pumped. Well, you know what? I wouldn't put this, these episodes out if I wasn't pumped, but I've got to come up with a new line. But anyways, really, really excited about this uh, episode. It's episode number 50, and uh, we're moving fast. We've been out for about seven months now, the podcast, and I hope you're enjoying it. And this episode, uh, I'm kind of mixing up the, you know, switching up the gears because we're actually going to go behind the scenes on how things work at Founder. You know, how is the magazine put together? How is it designed? Like, where is this cool, funky branding coming from? So what better person to speak to than our art director, Karan Jane, all the way from, oh, I think, I think this conversation was in Bangalore, India. He, he moves around a lot, but, uh, yeah, look, uh, Karan came to me and, uh, he's doing some really, really cool stuff at the moment. And yeah, I just thought what better opportunity to just show behind the scenes and, and take the spotlight off me and, and our other features and really put the spotlight on somebody that, you know, founder wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Koran and founder wouldn't be at the level at it that it is if it wasn't for Koran. So we're going to, I'm going to talk to Koran and he's going to reveal absolutely everything it takes to, you know, build an epic brand for your startup, what it takes to create award winning magazines and publications just like founder and also his humble beginnings, which are, which is really, really interesting. Um, where, where Karan came from, where he's at. So yeah, this is a little behind the scenes of one of our team members from Founder Magazine. So I hope you enjoy this one, guys. It's a, it's a little longer than usual, but I promise you that, uh, Karan's such an interesting guy and a super, super talented guy, entrepreneur, designer, you, you name it. Uh, he's a funny guy and, uh, you're actually going to be catching up again. I went to his wedding in November. November last year, and we're going to be catching up again, actually, in the States, traveling around, so it's going to be really, really fun. So, you know, we met from just working together, and now we're great friends. So that's enough from me. If you are enjoying these episodes, you do like me mixing this stuff up, please let me know. I'd love to hear from you, but first, leave us a review, and yeah, I'd love to hear from you if you're loving these episodes, loving us mixing this kind of stuff up, and uh, doing different things. So, Get in touch, Nathan at foundermag.com. All right, let's jump in. Can you just give us a little bit of an insight into how you got your job, man, and how you're doing the work you're doing today? I am a mechanical engineering graduate as far as my education is concerned. But uh, very, very beginning in my education, I understood that the education today is uh, focused towards it's pretty obsolete. It's not uh, helping people to create something new or it's not mobilizing people to understand that, understand that how businesses work in real world. So I realized that I had a calling towards brand communications, like how, how the whole communication perspective work. And it was more about, you know, I understood very well in the beginning that how do companies have a conversation with each other, have the conversation with their end users, their consumers. I believe that, you know, it's very important to understand key things in brand communication. The first thing was, uh, who are you to understand who are you? And the second is, whom are you talking to? And the third is, how should you say it? That was a very important insight in my life, which helped me carve and understand design better. And uh, I have always been a, a follower and an admirer of Steve Jobs. Mm. And uh, he always said that, you know, uh, design is not just about aesthetics. It's it's something which it has to be functional. Mm -hmm. It has to work. Otherwise, it's of no use. So I employed that in my design since the beginning. And it's been, uh, it's my seventh or eighth year in this business. Now, everything and whatever we do is all backed with the same idea 
that it has to work for our client it has to work for them if it doesn't work even if it looks really amazing it doesn't really make any sense our our journey started as a brand naming firm in 2011 Mm-hmm. and uh, then we moved on to become a brand management firm and we did branding for couple of companies we started off e-commerce portals with their complete marketing social strategy and you know almost managing their account but then one of these digital magazines called digital nomad there is a guy called rocky bench so uh, he contacted us he saw our profile on behance and uh, he contacted us whether we will be interested in doing digital magazines because we have never done digital magazine before that but when the content came over when the design came over we started researching about digital magazine that what what is it because it was new for us too mm. and uh, and uh, how, how is the design done and what are the you know basics behind what are the principles which leads to a great digital magazine you know the the content is definitely a very important part of it but we realized in the beginning that even the design each and every page of the magazine has to be very powerful very typographically very sound and uh, it has to pop out on a high definition retina display tablet right so so we understood that that was extremely important and we started working on it and then couple of different magazines happened and uh, somehow some of our magazine went on to become pretty good design magazines and it was also considered as one of the best design magazines by apple itself uh, so that's our journey has been like and then we started focusing completely on digital magazines uh, and now we are a full service digital magazine agency where primarily we focus on creating interactive and uh, beautiful digital mags uh, so <laughs> that's pretty much our story you know <laughs> yeah look uh, there's a lot i'd like to unpack there and uh, yeah. for the audience uh, where are you currently based out of now uh, we are based out of uh, new delhi we started off in bangalore it's a it hub of india Yes, we started off from there. We worked from there, and then we uh, moved to Delhi. And one of our offices are there in Mumbai also. And when you say we, so you know, when I came to you, you know, we launched Founder March fifth, two thousand thirteen. We engaged each other. You know, we we started working together on the first issue. Do you remember the first issue? We didn't even have a successful person. <laughs> yes, on, on, yes, on yes. Right. I remember the image for the first issue. <laughs> <laughs> you had the, to the find Superman that image. image. Yeah, yeah. You had to <laughs> find that stock image. What were you thinking? Why didn't you ever say to me, like, bro, like, we need to find a successful person? You don't usually put a stock image. Like, I knew nothing about design, man. I knew nothing about magazines. Like, yeah. How come you didn't ask me that, man? <laughs> very frankly when i went over the content i thought that it will be typically you know uh, i mean very very frankly i never thought that a day will come when we'll be featuring people like richard branson ariana huffington deepak chopra it was the way founder has exponentially you know grown over the period of time it's it's unimaginable i would have never thought looking at the first issue that you know this is how it's going to be like mm. and right from the second third issue we started featuring people like ed dale mm. you know So so in the beginning I really thought you know I never thought of as you know there will be a time when we will feature people like this so I thought of a good stock image we would do justice to the content which is sent me mm-hmm. and uh, I let it go you know that, that that's the first issue and probably after that we never featured we never used a stock image for the cover mm, yeah that was funny so Like you know, me and you, we've been a, through a lot together. We've been through lawsuits. You know, I, I went, me and, me and my girlfriend, we went to your wedding, you know, a few months ago. We're, we're, we've worked together quite closely as well, and we've we've done a lot together. But I'm curious, when you say we, like who is we? See, when we started off, uh, then it was almost me all alone, and yes. I just had one person to help me with my uh, business administration and. Uh, sometimes talking to clients and stuff like that yeah. but then later in the stage we realized that we need more team you know more illustrators in house or more people to help me with the design mm. as in you know designing publications at at one phase of time we were doing quite a number of magazines in a month's time so what happened was we built a team of around four people back in 2012 2013 yes uh, and 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 i taught them they were people from design background they were people from publication background yes but what happened was that the quality of the work was getting deteriorated since they didn't knew very much about what digital publications are like or what are the kind of design is required 
So there are a lot of big magazines who are taking the print ma- edition of the mag and taking it online, you know, digital. Yeah. That doesn't work basically, you know, mm. because print magazine are pretty different from digital mags as far as design is concerned. The the space is smaller. The text font size has to be bigger. In print mags, there are spreads. In digital mags, there are no spreads. These are single pages. So these things are pretty different. So somehow I was able to build two people in my team who are pretty strong, who are working with me even today, who help me with a lot of magazines and a lot of work we have. But moreover, the whole design idea and the whole understanding of design and the conversation which we have about each issues are being set by me. Like standards are being set by me as in this is how it should be done. And mostly uh, that's that's we basically, you know. I see. We are a team of three people as of now. So one is a UX UI designer uh, whom you have met. <laughs> yeah, Anuj. Uh, yeah, Anuj. And I have a I have a, a, a helper. I have a graphic designer, junior graphic designer, who helps me with the work. And we are very soon planning to you know expand so that we can we can cater to more people and with much 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 better quality of work. Because one thing we can't compromise on is the quality of work. Because because I think skill is a very important thing. And just in order to build your reputation, you have to do work which is at par with the best. So, mm. yeah. Well, look, when we start first started working together, man. You know, I went through a few different designers. As you know, I was even going to launch. You know, we had a full magazine issue ready to go, and the the work was not up to scratch. But I just was keen to launch, and you said to me, "Look, I highly recommend." That you set the scene early on with strong branding because it will pay off in the long run. And that exactly. was something that you, that was something that you actually taught me, Karan, because exactly. I was big on design and I've always liked nice design. But you said to me, you said, look, you pay that extra bit of money, you spend that extra more time, you set the scene and it will pay off. It does pay dividends. And one thing that I've learned through our time with founder, you know, we just turned two that Still to this day, we are constantly complimented by our design and it speaks volumes in the kind of respect that we get in this industry that we're in. So I'm curious, you mentioned to me that you, you learned from your uncle. Can you tell us about that story? Because, you know, you started off as a mechanical engineer. You were, were you working full time? You know, did you, did you start this design stuff on the side and then you switched to full time? Like, can you tell me about how that all occurred, man? Uh, yeah. See, actually, uh, my uncle is one of the most famous publication designers in India. He designed some of the most iconic magazines of India, including India Today, including Filmfare, including Star Style, and also the newspapers, which are the top selling newspapers in India. Hmm. So he introduced 22 fonts in India. He was the first person, 22 fonts in India publication industry. So he was a person who introduced the Times New Roman. He was a person who introduced lots of different fonts in the Indian publishing industry. So he's considered an icon in this industry. In in the beginning, it was very difficult for me to understand that uh, how is that, uh, you know, he, he was doing, he's a celebrity kind of a pe- person in Indian design fraternity. Yeah. So, uh, I always try, I was very fascinated by typefaces since the beginning, but his work was always focused towards design. You know, it was, it was extremely design oriented. And I just imagined, you know, that how it would be that if you connect this design skill with uh, immaculate understanding of branding and communications. So my first job, I just worked at one place ever in my life. That was Upas CDM. It's a luxury branding company in India, uh, agency in India. And you so, just, sorry, you just got that job, like you, you finished your mechanical engineering degree and then you just got that job with no experience? Or, <laughs> how did no, no. that work, man? <laughs> no, uh, when I was in the college from the first year onwards, yes. uh, I, I had started focusing towards design. I, I ah. started learning. I started people reading like Vasimo Vignelli, uh, going through his works, uh, going through the works of Stephen Sagmeister. So these kind of people have started building my skills. Yeah. Uh, and when this college placement started happening, uh, then instead of applying to mechanical engineering colleges, I, had, I applied to these design agencies and advertising agencies. And you won't believe I applied to 16 agencies just with a, a basic portfolio I had. And I got a job interview from 14 companies wow. in a matter of two days. 
<laughs> in a matter of Man. two days because because uh, I thought that uh, that's great because I don't have even a design background and I have never worked this industry but then also people there is something in my portfolio probably which people are looking into mm. so that happened and then I went to this company where this person was there called Nagesh Mane he's the strategic planning head of this company so he met with me and uh, he said that you know we want you to uh, join us and it would be great having you on board so i started that com- i started working in that company and within a span of 2 months i was almost a uh, you know managing couple of brands yeah uh, big brands brands like mango sweets brands like seco watches so so that was that was pretty exciting for me you know that gave me a lot of confidence on my work because sometimes what happens is you might be doing amazing work but it's very important to a third person to reinforce it and a person who has already proved his credibility in the market out there so this happened to me and then after a while i realized that i am not a person who can who can work under someone because uh, the idea which i had about branding the idea which i had about communication if i need to pursue it i have to start my own firm Mm. When we started off, things were pretty easy because you know I had already a good client base before that. I had works going on, but we were almost you know we were bootstrapping. Yeah. Uh, so we were bootstrapping, and uh, uh, in the beginning, after a year or so, it it was uh, pretty difficult for us to you know continue with the work we are going on. And, and sorry, uh, I'm curious. How did you? How did you get customers when when you first started out? Like you, so you left that design firm you were working for, and did you go on Elance Odesk start pitching? No, um, no, we, you had local that. clients, or or how? Like how, how did you get clients, ma'am? In India, we have a very well connected community, and the community I belong to, the the kind of people, you know, uh, the, uh-huh. the the I I'm a, a Jainism, I follow Jainism, so we have a very well connected society. So yes. as soon as someone gets to know that we have a brand manager or a, you know a designer who have we have uh, in our relation, so you you get some work through which you know you can you can live your basic life. So I was living in a very small place with one desktop I had, which I bought from my savings, yes. one PC, and from there uh, I started working and only trusting in work which I believe would help me in the long run because lot of works came along for you know. A small companies wanting to get work done, but you know they didn't had a budget or they weren't they weren't giving enough creative freedom to go ahead and try something new. So I never wanted to get into those kind of work because it might give me money, but it won't help me build my skill. So I was very clear since the beginning that up to the age of thirty five at least I just need to work on building my skill because if you if you follow you know. follow great work if you believe in great work if you if you believe that you know you have to produce results which are really amazing money will come or success will come so i always believed in that since the beginning mm-hmm. so i never did mass work i always did very selected projects yes. and made sure that it has to be amazing so through behance also i got lot of traction i got lot of people talking about my work lot of people coming and saying that you know we want our, uh, this th- thing to be worked out the design the strategy to be made and uh, many other things happened through behance then later we started you know in order to grow our business we we got to know about this uh, platform called elance and from there we started and very soon on elance we went on to become a a uh, leading agency in india with the uh, huge turnover on elance we did a business over 70000 dollars only through elance so yeah things things went on and it was really amazing the the, the hustle in that period of time was great uh, and even i love that the same passion the same um, same desire to create something amazing is uh, is still there uh, <laughs> within me and i feel that every day and i i think probably you also feel that when i when you give me some work to do something which is pretty new i become really excited about it mm. you know <laughs> yeah yeah i know what you mean man i'm curious what what excites you right now what what is what is the vision in the future for enemus and and, and the work that you're doing cuz you you want to do all sorts of crazy things man you're not just a designer you're 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 a serial entrepreneur so i'm just curious around that i also was a partner for a e-commerce startup called gamexis so it was into premium gaming equipments and along with that uh, means uh, i am a person who always wants to build something new or do something new uh, for enamus uh, means what we are planning is that 
uh, we want to make Enamis the biggest digital publishing agency in the world. And this has been our, you know, the motive, the goal with which we are working for the past two, three years. And this is what we want to achieve in the very near future. And we are working very hard towards it. We want to make the digital publishing industry and set different design standards for digital publishing altogether. We want to set a completely different standard for digital publishing. We have already designed over 28 plus digital magazines and 120 issues. But that's not our main goal that, you know, try and achieve and do 500 issues, 1,000 issues. The ultimate goal is that we want to continuously create magazines which try and create an impact, which try and set standards. Because every day when I, when I browse through platforms, when I, when I go through different, uh, you know, when I read about digital publishing, every day we see that something new is happening. A new interactive platform has opened to go digital or, or, or something new is happening. So we want to be in top of the game. There are agencies who are doing it and we are very inspired by them. We just want to be there. We just want to create that dent and help these publishers, help these advertisers, the people from education to use the digital publishing as a platform to leverage their brand and also to get a great amount of revenue in a very cost-effective manner. Because there are a lot of benefits of digital publishing which, which wouldn't have been imagined two to three or four years back. Because it's a very cost-effective way, it's it's socially integrated, it's in, interactive, you can analyze it, which is a very important part of business today. You know, analytics has become so important part of business today that in order to track that which people are following you and who are your true followers, who are your true readers, it's extremely important to understand that which demographics they belong to, what kind of people are reading your magazine, right? So... So these all possibilities wouldn't have been possible with any print mag ever, right? It's only with digital magazine through which you can track that from where your readers are coming and that also on a real-time basis. It just fascinates me that how much possibilities are there with digital publishing, where it can be taken, and we just want to innovate in this industry. You know, Keep innovating, keep doing new stuff, and take it to a whole new level. Mm, yeah, look, I can, I can really hear your passion for this man. And, and we've talked, <laughs> we've talked at length about this kind of stuff, but I'm sure that the audience would love to hear, you know, you're, you're a digital publishing expert much more than me in the sense that you, you can see these trends and, and you're very, very ahead of the curve there because, you know, you're an art director for founder and, and, you know, you, you've done some amazing work for us. I'm sure people would really love to hear, you know, what do you believe that the future is of digital publishing? Do you think that eventually print magazines will be gone or do you think that that will be like, you know, I personally believe that there will be a little bit like records, you know, you know, vinyl, you know, that vinyl is still in, you can still get it, but it's just <laughs> collectible. So, you know, it'll be a dying trade. What, what is, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. See, I believe print magazines are here to stay for the next 10 years or so. Yes. But the possibilities which digital publishing is giving you is immense. It's, it's pretty huge in comparison to print mags. As far as the cost is concerned, as far as the reach is concerned, as far as the revenue is concerned. So there isn't a single way, you know, for example, let's, let's take a very simple idea. If I'm an entrepreneur, if I want to read magazines, right, I, I, I go to a trip for like 10 days. And I want to read a couple of magazines. So, you know, I can't carry those 10 heavy magazines. I can't Forbes, Entrepreneur, Fast Company. I can't carry these magazines with me. Instead, I'll just take my iPad, which will also help me to read all these magazines with thousands of titles and choose to read it. So, you know, the whole world has become very minimal these days. I was talking to you that day about the minimalistic revolution which is going on. You know, mm. you remember that? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, so digital publishing is also part of becoming minimal. In one tablet, you have thousands of mags. And how exciting is that? Mm-hmm. Just imagine a rack of thousand of uh, 1,000 mags. How big and heavy it would be. Mm-hmm. But thousands of mags in your iPad, it isn't any heavier if, even if you have a lack editions, a lack issues in your mag. Right? Mm-hmm. So, I believe that print mags are not going to stay here for the long run. I totally believe that it's the world of digital publishing. It will not only help publishers in the future, but even small businesses, big businesses, advertisers, educators, you know, 
any people who are look, it's, it's more, it will be almost for everyone who are looking to leverage their position in the market who are looking to push their brand from one point to another in a very cost effective and extremely powerful way yeah i i believe that you know print magazines are not going to stay for a long 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 time it's it's sad to say that but uh, that's the truth <laughs> yeah yeah i i yeah i'm with you man like you you're not wrong there around the the profitability and and cost of production you know yeah. that's that's what's so awesome about digital products is they're very scalable. You can just create one, and you can sell it millions, hundreds of millions of times, and that's exactly. why you know a lot of these these big companies that are coming out of Silicon Valley, these successful startups, they're all you know SaaSes and technology companies, just because they're very very scalable. A print exactly. magazine is very very difficult to scale. You've got to pay for production costs. You've got to pay to you know, get fulfillment and, and all sorts of things. And, and you've got to pay to, to ship it. And, or, you know, it, it, it's just re- amazing how much more cost effective it is to produce a digital publication. I'm curious, and I've, I've kind of touched with you on this question. So we're covering a lot of ground, like new ground here for me too, around the cover. Now, yeah. you know, when you design a founder cover, you you always say to me that it comes down to the image and I try my absolute best because obviously we don't do photo shoots. We're not like a traditional print magazine where we do photo shoots. We're usually always just given the photo and we just get to choose a set of photos that, you know, professional shots that the, you know, feature has had done previously. And I always go out of my way to try and get you the absolute best photos and, and as many as I can. And you, I remember, I never forget, you said to me that it always comes down to the photo and it always comes down to how much time is spent on that cover. Like, you know, covers like Wired magazine, like they make amazing covers. They spend so much time on it. I'm, I'm curious to, you know, what your process is. Can you give us an insight to, you know, how you create these covers? Cause, you know, the founder covers are amazing. Like one of my favorites was that one we did with Deepak, Deepak Chopra. Yeah. That was, that was amazing, man. Like that was so good. Like anyone's <laughs> listening, you gotta, you gotta check that one out. Cause it's, <laughs> it's Grant, my personal, one of my personal favorites. We have many, but you, you yeah. really just stepped up another notch. Like you always cease to amaze me with, with your talent and your work. And yeah. So please, can you just give us an insight into, to, to how you're doing that? Uh, right. Th- thanks a lot for that one. I, I, I also love the Deepak Chopra cover. Mm. Uh, in a digital mag, cover is the most important part, which I feel is the essence of a digital mag, like mm. any magazine. I think it's a war of thumbnails on newsstand. And I realized it very much in the beginning. Being from a branding background, being from a marketing branding background, I understood that what's the reason that a certain magazine is pegged over a other magazine? There is founder magazine and just next to it, there's Forbes magazine. Mm. And founder is doing better than Forbes on newsstand. Mm. How is that happening? You know, yeah. then, then Forbes has been there for a long, long time. One of the leading magazines and a huge setup and right here, you know, a small team and doing such huge work. How is it happening? I understood that until and unless you understand the idea of the war of thumbnails, which is about your thumbnail has to jump out of the iTunes store page. It has to be that powerful. Yeah. It has to have super strong typography. If we take a print mag, take its cover and put it in iTunes news store, newsstand, then there will be a very small thumbnail which will be visible on which you will, you won't be able to even read the text, what is written on it. And neither the image is going to pop out. So mm. we always make sure that we have a very strong contrast on our cover. And when we design it, we keep the size really small. We don't make it full screen on our desktops. We make it really small. Uh-huh. And we keep checking how does it look like when it's really small. Does it stand out? And sometimes if there's a need, we also put it on newsstand on a template mock that how does it look like a newsstand? Does it stand out? And if that works, because as soon as a person sees a cover and is attracted to it, he gets in the magazine, he's sold. You know? mm. uh, he, he has bought the magazine now. He, is, he has become a true follower. 
So this is what happens. All the founder mags, when you see all the covers, they are not identically same. For example, when you see Entrepreneur Magazine or, or you see Esquire Magazine, all the covers look similar. Mm, that is true. Yeah. Yeah, that that's similar branding. That's great. That's no doubt about it. That's great. That looks amazing when put together. But when it stands to compete with other magazines or newsstand where all of them are stacked side by side, how do you differentiate your mag? If you have a similar design, people will love it for the first or second time. But from the third time, they won't come back for that. But just check out founder magazines. We have done 25 issues and all the and some special issues. All the issues have different color, different covers, different typography, different uses of image, different positioning, different layout, and different market positioning as far as the cover is concerned. Mm. So that's what we work on. We always make sure that we see the cover as a thumbnail. That's what I tell my whole team. That's what I, I talk to people about, that it's a war of thumbnail out there. If you need to make your market, if you need to make your uh, stand on the newsstand platform, you have to make sure that your cover stands out as a thumbnail. That is around 80 pixels to 120, 25 pixels. If it works in that kind of size, it is going to work in the long run because as soon as you sell your cover, your magazine is sold. You get a new subscription, you get a new reader, you get a new follower. That's, that's the idea with which we work towards cover. Cover is one of the most difficult parts of a magazine and we take a lot of time on designing just the cover. Mm-hmm. But it's really fun for us. It's really fun because with every new issue, we can do something new. We can try a new font. We can try a new layout. We can go crazy. And I would really like to thank you that you have given us enough creative freedom to, you know, whenever a cover comes, I ask, you know, how should you go about it? And the only answer you say is, Karan, just go wild and be <laughs> as creative as you can. And you have no idea how great a designer feels when a client says like that. Because most of the clients are like, no, I want this color. I want this font and do yeah. something with this and stuff like that. But you're always like, I trust you. And uh, just go as crazy as I can. And Deepak Chopra issue is one of those covers mm. which can never happen for a person like him with that kind of cover. We have Deepak Chopra written on his face. That is uh, embossed on his face. That mm. is crazy. Yeah. You know, that's a very bold cover for a person from the life coach industry. Mm. But just because you trusted in us, just because you you have always trusted our design instinct, we were able to do that. And I just thought, you know, while designing it, Karan, I think it's too loud, but let's give it a try. I think that Nathan will love it and probably the PR team of Deepak Chopra will end up loving it. Mm. And I was just, you know, I was just praying that this happens because I want that cover to go out there. Mm. I want that cover to, you know, be something new because there are a hell lot of Deepak Chopra covers, but all of them have a typical design style. I wanted to use a very bold color, very bold font and extremely bold personality of Deepak Chopra. And uh, it was amazing when you said no, uh, the PR team loved it. And I was like, dude, yes, the, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah, man, you absolutely rocked that one. That was awesome. Um, Look, I, this is awesome. I'm really loving this insight because I don't know why, <laughs> but we've never taken the time to just sit down and to really unpack how you operate. And we've been working together for so long. It's, it's funny like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, as you, as you were saying all this stuff, I was writing down a whole ton more questions and uh, yeah. we'll work towards wrapping up, bro. But it's, yeah. this is awesome. I don't know what it is about magazines, but People just love magazines. I realized very, very early on in the piece with what we were doing with Founder is, is, you know, yeah, we're getting the Richard Bransons, the Ariana Huffingtons, and we've got so many more, you know, big-time influencers, big-time, amazingly powerful entrepreneurs and people that have achieved some some extremely crazy things. And, you know, we'll continue to push those boundaries with what's possible from a bootstrap startup perspective, independent published magazine perspective. But at the same time, I realized very early on that uh, a magazine is a brilliant way to develop influence and to build trust in a niche or, or a market. And I'd just like to hear your insight into, yeah, I just... I still can't really wrap my head around the concept around a magazine. In in essence, because it's just like a blog. It's just it's just kind of packaged up. Like what is it to you that makes magazines 
like why people love them, what is it about them in your eyes that that makes what a magazine is? Yeah, that's that's an amazing question. And uh, see, I believe that uh, magazines are a extremely powerful way of taking your brand to a whole new level, or or talking about an idea, right? Yeah. Sounder magazine when it launched, it was very clear that who its target audience is. It yeah. was young entrepreneurs, right? Yeah. Young entrepreneurs, not even old entrepreneurs, or not even people who are 35, 40, 45. Those are also part of the target audience, but it was very focused that, you know, this is our target audience. We want people who have no idea about entrepreneurship, have no idea about how to take a business. We will help them mm. in some other, other way. We'll help them through our magazine. So the question is, that don't these people already have access to a lot of data online through a lot of information online through uh, different channels, whether it be Twitter, whether it be Facebook, whether it be Mashable or Gizmodo or whatever platform it is. Yeah. Don't they have these ideas? But the fact is that on the internet, everything is available, right? Everything is available, whatever information you want about a certain thing. But the problem is the information overflow. You want to know about a certain thing, but you end up knowing about 10 odd things, which you are not supposed to know. The problem is not in knowing those 10 things. The problem is wasting your time in learning those new nine things, which you're not supposed to know. For example, when I go to Facebook, I go through so many feeds out of which I'm interested in two feed only, which will immediately help in my entrepreneurial journey as of now, but rest of them won't. But it takes a lot of my time. It takes a lot of my time which is supposed to be focused towards doing a specialized work so i think that's where magazine are extremely important that's where magazine play a very important role founder magazine for young entrepreneurs and we are going to talk about all those things which are about business and we are going to feature great people and we will have very specific specialized content every month for you only for you made for you you know, customized for you. So what happens is you take, you know, there are those 10, 15 topics which you curate and then it's published through founder and all those people who are the readers who are, who want to get those specialized content, who want to read that magazine in one or two hours and get so much of knowledge without any distraction. I think that's the importance of a magazine without any distraction. Mm, yeah, no, if, if someone wants... Point, yeah. It, if someone wants to know about Twitter, you know, how to, how to, for example, Instagram, right? Mm. You have such a huge follower on Instagram. Yeah. If someone wants to know how to go about building your Instagram followers, they will go online and they will get like 50, 70 odd articles about it, blogs about it. Mm. But what happens is who has authentically proved that this is the right way of doing it? You know, where does it come from? Which blog is it written? Who knows that this is authentic style of doing it? And what happens is, after seeing those odd 50, 60 ideas of doing it, you eventually don't do it because you end up spending too much time and you end up confused. But if that same article or if an insight which you have personally done or if a person like Richard Brunson has personally done, if that insight is done, that is put in Founder Magazine, then there are two channels of credibility. The first is Richard Branson and second is a very well-doing magazine platform on which the content, all the content which are there have been written by influential people, have been written by people who have done it in their lives and then it's published. So, you know, it's like a personal mentor. It's like a person mentor who have already filtered all the best content, all the best works, all the best interviews and it has personally curated for you and it has been published in a magazine. So that's why I feel that magazines are extremely powerful because it saves a lot of your time it gives you right inside about what you want to do and how you want to do it. And that, that's, that's how magazines are extremely powerful. And that's why it's very easy for a magazine to carve a niche and talk about a certain point, talk about a certain, you know, industry or bring a follower of people who will always be a follower because you are always working toward the same kind of content. Mm. You know, continuously evolving over the content which we have been writing about which your magazine is all about yeah no look that was a brilliant brilliant explanation man and um yeah look you, you're spot on i think you know that was awesome so look um let's switch gears a little bit and talk about your life and and what it was like growing up out of you you were born in bangalore or where were you born 
No, no. I was born in a very small city in uh, Bihar. Uh, it's a small state in Del- India, uh, and uh, the society uh, in uh, Bihar is kind of you know very orthodox and old school, and belonging to a very small city, very small. It's it's almost like next to a village. I was born there. I studied since the since the childhood. I wasn't, you know, I was good at studies. I was good at only studies and maths. But I wasn't a person who who was a believer in himself, you know, you a believer believe in who, yourself. Yeah, no, believer in the sense, you know, it was because of society also. It was more of because of society because they felt as if you know, uh, from this place, from a place like Mugera, person can't go and you know try and create a dent in the world. So that kind of culture was there. That kind of you know, when you belong to a very small city, very small village or town, then people don't believe that you know you can go places or you can do stuff. How big, out of curiosity to you, because India is very big, and uh, many people. How big, or how many people is is to you a small city or a village where you came from? The number of people would, I think, would be very, very less. I think not even uh, means considering India's population. India's population one hundred and thirty crores, but uh, the areas are very densely populated. But what I can just say is that in in my city there was even electricity used to come only two to three hours a day. Just wow. imagine, out of twenty four hours, electricity was only for two to three hours a day. Wow. Right? There wasn't a conveyance to go to school. We had to. There were a lot of other issues with it. But the environment was not conducive enough to you know take you to a bigger heights. You know, it was it was there since the beginning. That you know, people or the teachers or the whole education system was like that. You know, you just have to get a job and you know find a decent salary and live a happy life. That was the idea there. Mm-hmm. There wasn't anything about doing something out of the box or creating a dent or doing something powerful. So I never, you know, couldn't think beyond what I was able to. I was very good at studies. I was always a topper in my class and maths. But somehow I think there was something was lacking in me because I had a diehard desire. to do something new or create something new but one at one stage of time i wasn't the smartest or the most coolest person around but somehow at one point of time i started realizing that you don't need to be the smartest or the most you know uh, fastest person out there you just need to believe that you can it's it's a famous quote also and I, and i really follow it on every day basis that uh, sooner or later the person who wins you know is a person who thinks he can mm. you know So you don't need to be faster or smarter. You just have to believe that you can. And from that place, I went on to Delhi. I came to Delhi. Delhi is the capital of India. I left that place. I came to Delhi. I had to rebel against my family that I need to study outside of the city because I need to go beyond whatever I'm capable of, and I need to start, you know, building something. So I went to Delhi in a very as a very young age, in the oh. age of eleven. 11 or 12 i guess i left my city i came to delhi to study in a hostel and since then i have been all on my own since that age i have always lived outside i have lived in like 6 7 odd cities in india and i never went back to my city but means i i go there every once in a while like uh, once in a year or so but uh, i went to these places and uh, i got to know so much about so much possibilities which can happen I went to this amazing engineering college where most of the people were analyzed, and I got to know about you know what are the possibilities, what are the possibilities which you can because as a as a youngster the only thing you can imagine is in India or in a place like Bihar you can only imagine being an engineer or a doctor, right? Mm. Nothing more than that. Yeah. So then I got to know that there are interior designers, there are architects, there are consultants, there are designers, graphic designers, communication people, so many so many options. Then I thought that you know I don't want to get into something mainstream, but uh, due to uh, you know a family foundation and you know a kind of temperament that you know only if you are an engineer you can do amazing in your life, otherwise you won't. So uh, somehow I ended up in engineering college. I was doing good with that also, but uh, what happened was I I means due due to my curious nature I kept questioning things and that was something which my professors didn't like. <laughs> and in the beginning only I had a you know kind of. Spat with my professor, and that wasn't good enough. And then I realized, no, it's not happening for me. It's not happening. And it was like I, I almost became a dropout. You know, in my college only, I never went to college. I just got a degree by doing, you know, by by somehow managing it. In my college first year itself, I never studied engineering. I started working towards graphic design, working day and night because it was extremely difficult for not belonging to a design college and understanding design 
on a daily basis, you know, learning about it through different platforms. Lynda.com was extremely powerful in teaching me a lot of stuff which I know about design. Ah, Lynda.com. So you've done a lot of courses on Lynda. Yeah, in, in the beginning of my career, back in 2008, 2009, I have done a lot of courses on Lynda to understand Photoshop, to understand Illustrator, InDesign, and the possibilities which they can offer to us as designers, as creators. So I have, I have been an artist, you know, I've, I've been good at painting and sketching since my childhood. Yes. So I thought of taking it forward. The designs which I made in the beginning were aesthetically beautiful, but I never understood the communication part of it. So it was working with my uncle that I got to know in, in one holiday, I was with him for a while. So I yeah. got to know that what communication is, how communication is so important. Why is it so important? That aesthetics is not any, it's nothing. The only thing is communication. If it works, if it's talking to someone, if it's trying to achieve a goal, it's if it's a solution to a problem, then it's a good design. So then I thought, okay, aesthetics is a second part, but the most important part is the communication perspective of it. And then I started reading about Massimo Vignelli, who is supposed to be one of the greatest designers who ever lived. So he died uh, uh, last year, I guess. So, so he wrote, like, the design has to be visually powerful and intellectually elegant and above all timeless. Mm. So that was one of his quotes. So it was so, so this, this whole quote was so enriching, so powerful that it has to be intellectually elegant and above all timeless. So that's a very important understanding, which I got in my mind about branding, that the branding has to be timeless. The branding has to be visually powerful, intellectually elegant. So that happened college. Somehow I managed to pass and uh, immediately I started working in the agency for three months, which I talked about. And uh, immediately after that, I went on to start my own company. But the issue was below uh, means I, my father have a very strong business here. You know, it's a 70 year old business in India. What, it's a very powerful he, business. What, what is your father's business? My father's business, he's into garments, ready-made garments, ah. right? Clothing. We have a clothing store, which is uh, around 70 years old. Yes. You know, it was the first store in our city. And we have a huge following of people who come to our shop and buy clothes on a regular basis. We have a very good business going on. And I was the only son of our traditional business. So since childhood, it was always like, you know, whatever you do, how, you know, you can't earn as much as a traditional business is earning, right? So you will have to come back to Mungen no matter what, wherever you study, wherever you go, that was the idea. Because what will happen to the 70 year old shop when my father grows old? Mm. So that was a concern. And I was really, 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 I never wanted to get into that industry because I never liked it. Yeah. It, it might give a lot of money. It might give a lot of, you know, uh, this, uh, Recognition, uh, reputation. Recognition and stuff, everything. Yeah. Recognition, reputation. But somehow I never wanted to get in the clothing business, the ready-made garments business. And uh, it was a really great fight to, you know, match up to the scale of the business they were doing since 70 years and through my business. So that was a very important reason that I wanted to start my own business because a person can't earn a lot being an employee of certain company. There is only a limit up to which you can earn. Even if you are extremely skilled, and that wouldn't have brought me anything closer than what my traditional parents' business was doing. So I thought that the only option is let's just hustle and, you know, get into start your own business and uh, make it happen. And after two years from my family, no one start means everyone stopped telling that you will have to come back. The only thing they said was, go ahead. We believe in you now. <laughs> so it was like that so it was very <laughs> so you know sometimes it just get down to your bank balances sometimes it just get down to the revenue you are doing you know sometimes in family setup yeah. so that's what happened to me and uh, I'm glad that I was able to reach that milestone which was set by my parents in a very short span of time we, we are an affluent family back home so in order to reach that level from scratch I almost literally started everything from scratch Right from buying my first iMac to building an office to to traveling place, you know, whatever it is. So everything has been built from scratch right from day one. We have been bootstrapping till now. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, look, it's it's amazing what you've accomplished, man. And 
I'm so grateful, you know, before we hit record, I was saying that I'm so grateful that, you know, me and you started working together and I, you know, I found it would be nowhere near where it is today if it wasn't for your hard work and us working together and we've been through so much. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I want to do whatever I can to help you and thank you for, for all your hard work and helping us, you know, with our mission. And you yeah. know, we will keep, we will continue to grow and we will continue to slowly take over the world. And, yeah. um, I just wanted to ask you a question that I've been dying to ask you for a long time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, we'll work towards wrapping up. And that is, you know, when, when we first started and we got sued, now we can't yeah. say who sued us, but, uh, you know, yeah. founder was, was sued by a very big, big company, a big publishing company, a big magazine. And, uh, like what, what was going through your mind? Were you thinking, cause we had a lot of tight deadlines where we had to change the name, you know, it wasn't called founder and we had to change the name. In the end, it was a, a massive blessing because the name was 10 times better. And yeah. I think the branding, to be honest, was better The the new branding that we had. What, what was going through your mind? Cause we had some pretty tight deadlines and I was putting a lot of pressure on you. Did you ever think like, you know, oh, geez, maybe I should just, you know, give up or. Uh, you know. No, 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 no. That that idea was wasn't ever there. I just knew one thing: that the reason with which we are doing certain thing, the reason with which I was trying to make Founder the best magazine on the newsstand, the reason with which you were working towards Founder was right. And I think everything will work out. That was my idea. That was my thought. That everything will work out. And I always believed that it was an opportunity. That whatever happens, it's an opportunity. Mm. It was definitely a nightmare. For both of us, that you know <laughs> yeah. what will happen next. But I believe, you know, somehow I, I had this gut feeling that it is the better. And you have no idea how powerful the new name is. How powerful it is. When you came up with the name, we were discussing about names for the new magazine. When you came up with the name for founder, yeah. it was just, means I was like, dude, this is like thousand times better. Yeah. Thousand <laughs> times better. And, you know, as soon as the name changed, the only thing which came to my mind was now Founder magazine is scalable like anything. Mm. You know, now founder magazine is scalable like anything because, because with a name like the previous magazine, there will be very limited scope, you know, but with founder, you are straight away, you know, hitting the target. It's powerful. It's bold. It's simple. It's, it's, you know, six letters. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And as soon as that happened, the only thing which was in my mind was, I need to give it a very super strong branding. I need to give it a very simple font, which everyone could relate to. And when that happened, the only option I was left was was Helvetica, the most neutral font ever. And uh, I used that font for the title. And I means I was the first two days, I was a bit afraid. I wasn't afraid about, you know, the, the work closing down because I had a good work going on at that point of time. Mm. And even now, even today we are doing good amount of work. So it doesn't matter to us, you know, if one client is there or if it's, if it's not there. But the issue is that if you're building something from scratch, you get connected to it. You get connected to it so much. I was connected to founder so much because, you know, the most important thing is when you build something from scratch, when you're building something, you want it to go and fly. You know, you want it to see it out there. And founder was doing it, but just after a couple of issues, when this happened, I was like, no, dude, this is not happening. This is not happening. We have to somehow sort it out. We have to sort it out. And I knew that it would be sorted out and sorted out for good. And uh, look at the founder branding today. When you said that, you know, we will have to change all the branding, all the covers and stuff. I said, I remember I said that, you know, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, if we don't have to sleep for two to three days, whatever it takes, we just have to get those changes done. And get started, you know, in an amazing way. Mm. And I think that was a that was a blessing in disguise. I, I totally believe that was a blessing in disguise mm. because <laughs> that that taught both of us a lot of things. It means it also taught me that uh, how important it is for you to love your work which you are doing to no matter what extent it is. Because it's, for example, if I'm doing found, if I would have done founder for 10, 15 issues, after 15 issues, I would have thought, yeah, okay, yeah, just calm karke de do. You know, just let it, just let it happen. You know, mm-hmm. just, just get the issues done. That is what, that is what the thing was. But when that happened, I thought founder might not exist. Mm-hmm. 
founder might not exist so when that happened i realized you know how important it is for us to continuously we feel grateful about the work which you are getting through your clients and doing your best and considering it your own work because then only you can create masterpieces but but i always believe that it will work out i always believe it will work out and thanks to <laughs> whatever happened and look at look look at founder today look at founder today whenever whenever i read about founder in one of the other blog you know somewhere i was reading couple of days back a linkedin post in which you know a person posted that we want to know some of the top magazines which who have done it great on newsstand and i read about people talking about founder and i was like just just look at these people you know it a founder has from a small baby now it's like something huge which everyone is talking about all the publishers all the people and it has become a business model kind of a thing you know how can a very small team of people who have no idea about publishing and stuff can make it so big i think it's only the desire it's only the passion it's only the belief to do great stuff yeah no, you're spot on there man you know you're spot on <laughs> but yeah no those were some tough times we we've been through a lot man and like you know a lot of people might think that you know you're a full-time employee of mine or or whatnot but you know we've only still to this day we've only worked on a project per project basis and you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so like you know and and, you know what our working relationship's great i think probably we need to get ahead though like i think we need to get ahead of a couple of issues i still still struggle to do that yeah yeah but, yeah, we need to look forward to what all possibilities are there. We need to look forward to enhance our overall uh, positioning and, uh, you know, take founder to a whole new level because we need to be the trendsetters. We need to be the trendsetters. You have set a trend with taking founder from from nothing to like a huge magazine in the span of such a small period of time. So we have to keep setting trends. We have to keep moving forward because that's the essence of life i i totally believe in that keep moving forward that, that that's what i believe in with every issue i try and do something new because there's nothing doing great and doing the same you know uh doing the same stuff all over again mm. yeah no and like you 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 do do that man like you 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 always do always always cease to amaze me but man look we, i'm mindful of your time we have to work towards wrapping up i just have one last question before we finish off this interview, and that is, I think, just do you have any strategies, advice for our audience that are listening to this interview around finding a good designer? Because it is difficult, you know, from from the other side of the table, you know, you mentioned Behance is a great place to find good talent. That's where a lot of people found you. But, you know, what what would be a good way to find a great designer besides looking at their work and what are the kind of things you need to look for? Uh, See, one of the things which you talked about while we were having this conversation, that is don't cut cost on branding. Mm -hmm. Branding gives you scale. It gives you wings. You might think, you know, go with a cheap designer and get, you know, basic things done and we will leverage it later on. Never, ever do that. You can cut cost on other stuff, you know, you can, instead of having a 70 page mag or instead of setting up a whole big platform or a team, always believe in setting up a very strong brand persona since the beginning, because that is what will help you in the long run, which we discussed about. Mm. That's the first thing. So never cut costs when it comes to designers, you know, if, if a designer from a branding background, a designer who understands that what design is supposed to do. Is extremely important because then only he will be in sync with your business. Because I believe design is not just a skill. It's not something which you can only learn through softwares or aesthetics or by going to a design school. I think design is something which you need to implement in your life. Design is something which you need to understand the business, be in sync with it. Then only you can be able to come up with solutions which will help your client. Otherwise, it will just get lost in the herd Mm. right so i always believe that branding and communication has to go along with designers and if you find these kind of people which you will mostly found on find on behance then don't let them go don't let them go even if they're charging you know ten dollars extra per hour for some work don't let them go because your branding will help you in every possible way and you will you will be 
grateful at the later stage you know when when you understand that why branding is so important in the beginning itself i've seen so many businesses where they start off by doing something you know start off with a very basic platform and start off uh, with doing basic branding but what happens is that when it's time to go huge you have already walked a mile or or a couple of miles and what happens is then it's, it gets very difficult to leverage yourself so that's my uh, this thing for uh, the people the the audience out there and along with that if you want to find great people then don't look for designers it will be always good for finding agencies single designers can get you good designs but as far as the insights are concerned that will come through a whole lot of mind mapping and grinding process that will only happen through a agency and most of the times agencies turns out to be more cost effective in the long term than a designer and moreover you are getting a whole package of people who will be working towards your work i'm not saying a big design agency a design agency where there are 100 200 people or even 40 50 people yeah. team of 3 to 4 people you know team of 3 to 4 people who have their own this thing because what happens is when a single designer works on something then the whole work becomes very subjective he see things with his own perspective and that's what he gives you he feels that this is amazing and he will probably sell that idea to you but mm. when there are team of 2 to 3 people then there will be other people in his team from the same industry to tell him that probably this is a better way of doing it probably this is not what is working probably this will work and then what happens is when you get that product that product is a more refined product that is a more happening product at the same price at the same cost everything right so it's like a whole team working for you you know that's a really good one and um you know me me personally you know and that's in in a way I learned that from you the design is so key and important you know every every piece of collateral that we put out i always make sure it's really well designed because it triggers an emotion like i find you know i even spoke to someone about it a while ago they said like you know when you when you open up founder when you when you see any of our content how does it make you feel does it make you feel excited does it delight you and they said yes and i think there's a lot to be said about that i think You know, if something looks crappy, you won't trust it. You exactly. You you think less of it. You think you the the perceived value if it doesn't look good, someone will will not even be prepared to, you know, pay or you know whatever invest the time. Not even just you know exchange dollars, but invest the time. So, yeah, design to me is is so key. And all the biggest startups, you know, out of Silicon Valley, you know, tech companies, you know, Airbnb, Uber. They Look spend, at their design. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly, and and they millions have, of dollars of design. That's right, and they always started off with very, very strong design, right. even when they first started. You know, we right. talk about exactly. you know the lean startup methodology and all that stuff. You know, I'm all for that too, but you've got to spend a little bit in and invest in your design. I think I think it's massive. Right, it's it's extremely massive, extremely massive, and I think design gets you wings. Mm. Design gets you wings, even if you don't have a very strong platform ready. You know, you might be in the beta phase, but you have a great design. People will automatically get in, intrigued because it's a paradox of choices. There are so many choices choices out there to get the same content. Why would you choose one over the other? What is the differentiating factor? Mm. You know, the differentiating factor is a design. The ease of use. How fast does it get you done? You know, how fast. you read a particular content you know so these kind of stuff is extremely important in in ux ui design people always talk about the information architecture where how fast for example e-commerce company what are the number of steps in which you can go through the checkout page and buy a product in order to reduce that time the information structure has to be very powerful same thing with design when you have lot of options online or through you know on magazines or whatever stuff it is for providing the same service how are you going to differentiate yourself the easiest way is go for great design so that it's very easy to use very easy to read and it does justice to the content which is written you know 
it has to be in sync the design has to be sync if you just write content and put up image over there and it does not have anything to do you have seen that we have we use a lot of vectors with founder magazines the reason is that with vectors the information you know a person just looking at the vector can understand that this is what the article is going to talk about it gets him intrigued yeah if that vector is not there it will just be a ebook you know information about it there are hell lot of theory about anything which you want to know about in this world but it's that information presented in some manner which gets people intrigued that okay what is it about let me read more about it and there you go and there there's a content right so it's extremely important in every startup in every business you need to scale it you have to have a great brand name which we already have <laughs> and we have to have immaculate design which we also already have so i think it's very important part of any any business and any entrepreneur who is listening to this podcast they they really need to understand this fact that design has to be one of your top priorities since the beginning since the beginning yeah and and i will attest to that you know um, yeah. if if, yeah. if 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 there's anything to go by you know we wouldn't be where we are today if it wasn't for the investment that we made in our design so look man i won't take any more of your time just one more where's the best place for our audience to find you our website you can visit our website www.enamus.com we are a full service digital publishing design agency where we help you integrate your digital magazine right from scratch so it's all our we provide you end to end digital publishing design solutions so that is there and you can check out some of our works which we have done yeah that's about it you can also you can also check out my personal blog which is jankaran.com you can go there and uh, check out some of the works i have done in the field of branding in the field of identity design in the field of e-commerce portals so yeah it was it was it was really Amazing being here. The Founder Podcast has come to a close, but it's not time to sleep. It's time to hustle. Download the Richard Branson issue of Founder Magazine for free right now by visiting foundermag.com slash Branson. Again, that's an absolutely free download of the Richard Branson issue of Founder Magazine containing an exclusive interview with the man himself. It's only available at foundermag.com slash Branson. So download it now and we'll see you next time on the Founder Podcast.